On this episode of the Star Wars Time Show, Matt flies solo like Han thanks to Nick's new house already having major issues, but he took the opportunity to try out the first ever Star Wars Time Show livestream, which is archived now on our YouTube channel. Matt riffs on the goofy-looking Hyperreal Luke figure before getting into a breakdown of the Clone Wars, S7E8, and his setup for the show's final four episodes. He also discusses the possible return of Fennec Shan to the Mandalorian, as well as Daisy Ridley's take on the fan hate for Tross. Finally, he offers up some additional entertainment tips for life and lockdown before diving into the top five Star Wars fan artist features of the week segment, complete with new fan mentions. Cue that music. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Star Wars Time Show, and yes, I'm live streaming it. That's because Nick is gone. No, he's not dead. He didn't jump off that bridge we've been talking about. He's actually moved into his new place, but his new place is already fucked up, right? I mean, this kid's luck gets worse and worse as the weeks go on. So if you've been listening to the show, Nick bought a new house with his girlfriend, Taylor, who was also on the show a few episodes back. But now, because of the virus, things have been pushed around, dicked around, schedules have been screwed up. But they did get in last weekend, so he is in the house. But when he moves in, he finds out their plumbing's already fucked up. Because I guess the construction people were taking massive dumps in it and throwing all their trash down into their plumbing. So that's jacked. And his uh, fiber cable for internet was crushed already. Mind you, brand new development. I don't know how they fucked this shit up, but they did. So anyways, Nick is not here. He's waiting for his internet. He should be back next week. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and try to do a live stream. Who knows how it's going to go? First time doing it. I haven't used OBS in a while, so I had to set that up. We've got screens shared this way, that way, in every which way. But we'll see what happens. You know, I'd like to start doing this more often, but you never know. Because uh, I think getting Nick involved would require even more streams to be added in and OBS, this, that, and the other things. So, you know, we're going to try some things out. Hopefully the technology will hold up and this will not shit the bed. Hopefully it doesn't sound too bad. I am recording my audio in GarageBand as well. So there should be a clean version on your podcast platform just in case you're not checking this shit out live. All right, we are live on YouTube.com slash Star Wars Time Show. So let's get down to it. We're going to try this out, see how it works out. See, I made a nice little uh, rinky-dink banner here for you to look at. Look at that. My Photoshop skills are amazing. My design skills are out of this world. So, all right, well, you heard the topics, or you didn't hear the topics, because this is live, but maybe you'll hear the topics on the standard podcast version that you can get through iTunes, this, that, and the other thing, but um, things are slowing down in Star Wars land in terms of things we can talk about, but fear not, the Star Wars Time Show motto is there's always time for Star Wars time. Uh... Okay, thank you. So, there are some things to discuss, plus we're going to do the top five, you know, we how we roll. Maybe some people will join in, leave some comments. I highly doubt it, because our fans don't exist. It's a myth. There is no Star Wars Time Show fan base. 
I don't know where the thousand downloads a month even come from. I really don't. Because in terms of hardcore fans, they, they come and go with the Star Wars Time Show. So anyways, let's go ahead and check out what we're going to get into first here. Here's a lovely site, by the way. Hopefully you've gone here, right? StarWarsTime.net, where you can get everything you need to know about Star Wars. Uh, but anyways, let's go ahead and start out with our first topic of the cast, and that is some new glamour shots for our buddy Hyper Real Luke. All right, so as you can see here, uh, we got some better product shots of the 8-inch Black Series Hyper Real Luke from Hasbro. Now, these guys retail, I think, for $79.99. The only other figure to launch in this line so far is the Darth Vader. Uh, they're actually, the, the Vader's fantastic. This Luke, um, I'm still on the fence here. And it, it's really because of his look, right? I mean, he looks better. He doesn't look as anime-ish or as cartoonish as the uh, initial product shots uh, teased a few months ago. But he's still, I don't know, there, there's something still off. Like, these pictures here... I mean, if he still looked like that, I'd be like, eeeh. Uh, but this this gives me hope, right? This this one gives me hope. I wish I could click on it and would get bigger, but who the hell, whoever designed this website is an asshole. All right, so he's looking all right. You know, I'm sitting here shit-talking him, but trust me. I got him on pre-order. I'll be getting him as soon as he releases in June. That's if the world still exists. I'm telling you people, I've said it before. I highly doubt a lot of these products we've pre-ordered, especially those that come from Hong Kong, China, this, that, and the other thing. I don't think we're going to be getting any of these anytime soon. I really don't. I mean, supply chains are disrupted. Uh, who knows what the hell's going on with uh, raw materials to make this type of stuff. So unless these things are already being stamped out, printed up, ready for shipping, I'm just not feeling the June release. But you can still pre-order this bad boy through Entertainment Earth. And if you do... We may get some uh, some cheese, you know what I'm saying? Some credits. Some Republic credits. We don't give a shit like Wado. We'll take them. Credits are good here. Uh, but you can still pre-order them through Entertainment Earth. Like I said, $79.99 uh, shipping this June. But he looks better. Still uh, not as bad as this. Uh, still not 100% perfect. This is all rubber, by the way, which is kind of odd. But hey, you never know. I'll be getting them. I'll try to take a toy picture, which will probably suck. All right, so that is our alone toy update for uh, episode 106 here. But don't worry, we have plenty of other stuff to talk about. Uh, I'm also going to get, I think during the top five section, uh, do some mentions. Got some mentions this week from the Star Wars Time Show asshole pack. That's right, our boys, the bungholes, the balloon knots, uh, dropping some messages in the DM, which I encourage you to do. Please, we're all sitting at home. Shoot the Star Wars Time Show DM on Instagram. Why not? Let's talk. Get your thoughts out. Ask some questions. Speaking of questions, I still have not posted the damn graphic for the Ask Us Anything segment we'd like to do. So maybe uh, if you're watching this right now, you might want to try and remind me to check that out. But anyways, uh, we got a new clone. Those of you that are into the prequel era... Well, live-action prequel era is a... <laughs> animated prequel era is a bingo-bango. You know what I mean? Two thumbs up. So uh, I think I'm going uh, to dig this guy. But anyways, we got a, a new clone, a new named clone. 
this clone is supposed to be in a comic book series that has been delayed because of the virus. Uh, it's going to be Clone Wars, and this clone in particular is going to be shown off. He's going to make his debut in uh, Clone Wars Battle Tales number deuce. All right, and this clone, if we check, uh, take a look here, is Heater. All right, so uh, the arts from Thomas Deere. The words for this comic are going to come from, uh, I think his name's Mike Mordecki. And here is our boy, Heater. So uh, he looks pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. I, I like this clone. We'll try to get this to load up, get a bigger version here. There he is. Look at that guy. Look at that guy. That is Mr. Heater. What I like, I mean, he's got the Phase 1 helmet. I'm a big fan of the Phase 1 helmets. Uh, Rex, you know, my boy, Captain Rex. Uh, but I also like kind of the, the, the Franken-style stuff he's got going on. Those those stitches there to uh, kind of, I guess, keep his helmet together. It looks like it's been cracked. And I don't know if we'll get that story, but I'd love to hear how Heater busted his face up. I mean, check that thing out. He's got like a full-on crack going down that helmet. And they had to repair it with some sort of steel strips or whatever. The other thing I like about Heater here is he's got a cape. Capes in Star Wars are titties, right? We all love capes. Uh, clones with capes are even better. They get my nipples hard. Can you see it? Look, I'm not lying. It is a little hard, and I'm not just smuggling peas. So, I dig this guy. Heater, I mean, it's a shame we can't be reading the comic right now. I think these are, it's going to be an IDW comic run, this Clone Wars Battle Tales. Uh, so, it's kind of a bummer, but I get it. Uh, the reason we can't even read these digitally, I believe, like I said a few episodes back, is uh, the, the comic industry is trying to save these smaller uh, mom-and-pop comic shops around the world that can't have customers come in. So rather than allow people to just go ahead and get stuff digitally, they're just holding everything back until, I don't know, I guess we can get back to normal, which is probably going to be never. So here's Heater. We love you. Salute. Rock and roll, I guess if the comic ever comes out, I may try to give it a read, uh, in particular because I want to learn about this this Heater guy. So we got a new named clone, Heater. Nice to meet you. Say hello. Hello. Uh, but anyways, I, I, there's probably going to be more named clones coming from the series, so keep things tuned to Star Wars Time Show, StarWarsTime.net, right? StarWarsTime.net. Okay, so uh, moving right along, yeah, it's probably going to be quicker than usual because I don't have my wingman here to sit here and go on really weird tangents about Star Wars stuff or just life in general. Uh, so you never know. Maybe stuff will pop up as I'm talking and we'll, we'll go on one of those tangents, but for now, I'm just kind of sticking to the script, right? Sticking to the script. I'm going to go ahead and... Hello, no one. I'm going to get a chat going on here. Hello, no one. Yes, that's what I thought. I didn't think anyone would actually tune in for this live version, but if anything, it's going to save me a lot of uh, post work. So tomorrow, instead of having to chop up pictures and put them into a Final Cut project, I should have this thing right here because you can already see all the stuff I'm talking about. It's like we're in the year 2020 and we have advanced technology. It's great, right? All right, so let's go ahead and get into the Clone Wars. All right, so this past week we got the Clone Wars S7E8 together again, which was the 
final episode in the first of the two Ahsoka arcs. You know, we, we've talked about this ever since we got the uh, April episode descriptions and that Sam Witwer article where he's talking about it. He's like, hey, people, listen. Listen. I am Starkiller. I am Darth Maul. And I'm telling you that the last four episodes of the Clone Wars Season 7 are some of the greatest Star Wars stories he's ever been a part of. And he said they're hands down the best Clone Wars narratives he's ever experienced. So... We're about ready to get into that with episode 9, 10, 11, and 12, but I'm here to talk about 8, because I know some of you motherfuckers did not like 5, 6, 7, and 8. You thought it was a waste of time. You just wanted your pew-pews, your bang-bangs, your slash-slashes, your Anakins, your GKs, that type of stuff. And while I'll agree with some of you, you know, if you're going to go with a shortened season, why do it the way they did it? But in the end, Nick and I have talked about this, and, and I'm sticking with it. Uh, while the Martez sisters and Ahsoka arc, the four episodes we just finished in eight here, while they were more just kind of narrative maneuvering episodes, I do believe they were warranted and they helped the character of Ahsoka grow beyond just being the Jedi that quit the Order. Uh, as Nick and I have been saying, you couldn't just have Ahsoka come back and be like, hey guys, let's go kick some sep ass, right? It wouldn't have made sense. She needs some time on her own to grow on her own to kind of see uh, really even the Jedi from a different perspective. I think that helped her. The Martez sister gave her that perspective, telling her about the, you know, how uh, essentially uh, Jedi can really fuck a lot of shit up with collateral damage. I mean, they killed their parents and Luminar was just like, hey, kid, don't worry about it. The Force will be with you. Peace. Uh, so I... I Again, I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh my God, five, six, seven, eight are some of the best stories ever. They weren't. They weren't that exciting. Not a ton happened, but there was character growth with the Martez sisters, but more importantly with Ahsoka, and specifically with seven and eight, then it, that allowed Bo-Katan, the Night Owls, Ursa Ren to kind of get folded in, which, as we saw in episode eight, kind of naturally led into, hey, uh, by the way, Ahsoka... I know you, you know me, we hate Maul, let's go kick his ass, right? So, it was alright. 5, 6, 7, 8, that, that little movie, it was needed in my opinion. Not that exciting, but in terms of narrative, world, world building, lore building, I thought it was good, and I love how 8 ended. I actually, you know, 8 to me was the best episode, but kind of before I get into all that fun stuff, let's talk about some of the Easter eggs found in episode eight, which I did not write down because I'm an idiot. So let me pull up my list. This is the one dangerous thing with doing this thing live, right? Okay. Um, yeah, up first, we got a, basically the same alien, which is a tune from Tongue as Ben Quadraneros. Does everyone remember Ben Quadraneros? You don't? He's from the pod race, people. The Phantom Menace. Remember? Ben Quadraneros. He actually gets his name called out. He's like, Team 2 Pangalese. Uh, see, I just got a lot of weird shit that gets stuck up in this head from Star Wars. Uh, so it was nice to see his race uh, outside of the pod race circuit. So we got some tunes from Tong. They're the ones that were helping uh, the Martez sisters essentially steal spice from the Pikes to give to the Pikes. Uh, this next one was huge, and I actually have a whole other video to talk on this, and, and I'll, I'll get into that once we get to that segment here, but 
the uh, fact that Maul straight up mentions Crimson Dawn already is huge. All right, it's huge. So that's your tease. I'll explain why it's huge later on, but trust me, it was huge. But either way, still an Easter egg. Crimson Dawn first made infamous in Solo, and now we're seeing they're kind of backfilling the story of Crimson Dawn into the Clone Wars Season 7, which is pretty neat. So bingo, bango. Uh, up next, we got a Transdotion. He was the guy that was uh, beating up Rafa. All right, so he's the one that figured out, like, hey, these tombs are idiots giving this spice to these people, so I'm just going to kick their butt. And they start fighting, and he looks like he's going to win, but then he loses and dies. So we got a Transdotion there. Uh, another one here, musical themes. These are always going to get me. I love this one. This one took place during the kind of the dogfight that the girls get into as they're leaving Pike. Um, so as kind of Ahsoka straps herself into the gunner seat, gets ready to target, you get the do 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 Was that pretty good, right? do 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 Even better. So I like that one. Got me excited and, and kind of made me think about a, a musical memory tied to Star Wars, which is when uh, Han, Luke, Leia, Chewie, and the droids break free from the Death Star and A New Hope. They get into their little dogfight with the TIE Fighters, and you kind of get the same thing. So, music, John Williams, always going to get me, always going to make me feel my Star Wars love. So, I appreciated that. And then last but not least, and I think a fan, I'm, I'm going to add to this a little bit because a fan or at least someone on YouTube that wanted to shit on my Easter egg video pointed out that the Mando ship at the end, so it's a Comrade class Mandalorian starship. This is the one Bo-Katan was flying. Uh, we've seen him in the Clone Wars. It's Gar Saxon's ship in Star Wars Galaxy's a Hero. But he also mentioned the fact, and I'll, I'll give him credit for this, but the way they, they had the camera kind of behind the pilot, which was Bo, and, you know, she, she looks back, and it was, it was kind of mimicking the scene from Empire. <laughs> Sorry. Just because we're live doesn't mean I'm actually going to clean up my behavior. Oh, but the scene from Empire where Bo is kind of tracking the Falcon in the trash, and we, we get that camera position behind his head, so I'll give him that. So, I mean, not a ton of eggs, but some really good ones. Now, in terms of the episode itself... Right. Uh, there, there's a few top moments that I I enjoyed in particular. Um, starting off with just just kind of Rafa in general, right? So Ahsoka kind of makes her sacrifice to get the sisters off planet, and they're going back, kind of talking about their game, like what should we do? Uh, <laughs> all right, we got someone joined up. Liam's in here. What's up, buddy? He's asking about uh, Nick's internet, so I'll let him go. See, this is what you get when we're doing it live. Sometimes I'm going to interact with people and break my flow. I like it. Woohoo, Liam, you get a medal, buddy. Thanks for doing your homework and checking out the Star Wars Time Show live. Uh, but anyways, back to Clone Wars. So I was talking about Rafa and how I liked her change of heart. Because like I said earlier, these episodes were meant for character growth, specifically for Ahsoka, but we also got a bunch with the sisters. And, I, you know, Raph has been a hard ass, kind of because she has to. She's always been taking care of uh, her sister Trace. But you see, she finally realized, and I like the way she came to grips with this, where she's essentially like, yo, I'm not going to let Ahsoka get one up on me by getting out herself, so we're going to go break her out. 
I just thought that was it was vintage Rafa, but it also showed that like she was starting to kind of soften up on Ahsoka. Uh, Ahsoka's act of essentially throwing herself under the bus to let the sisters go was huge for her. And it showed her, as she said, like, this is what we expected Jedi to be. So like I said, the, the, the sisters played a key role for Ahsoka in turning her, or, or just allowing her to grow, allowing us as fans to see her grow versus the sad girl that kind of walked out with her tails behind her leg at the end of season five when she was like hey jedi you know what i mean so i did like Rafa's change of heart gotta mention maul's first appearance all right we, we we heard him he was talked about last week he was hinted at last week but now we got to see him just in hollow form not in flesh but we got to see him and he's just excellent uh animated maul is everything uh, I love the way Sam voices him. I weigh the way he, he the way they designed him, and uh, just you could tell. Like I mean, Mad Krim, the Pike leader. I mean, just walking on eggshells. Yeah, even his lieutenants, like, hey man, it's just fucking Maul, and the guy's like, you want to tell him? Uh, so you can you can ex- you can feel through this exchange how uh, menacing Darth Maul is, even over these other shadow collective groups. Uh, so I loved seeing him. And, of course, when he throws out the Crimson Dawn stuff, essentially going to the pike, like, if you don't get your shit together, Crimson Dawn's going to take over the spice. So I'm still not to that segment. I will get into it. But, you know, if you're a dork like me and you treat Star Wars like it's real life, when I saw Solo, I immediately started searching for Crimson Dawn. Crimson Dawn didn't really exist until Solo. And everything about Crimson Dawn until this episode last week essentially had Crimson Dawn being created after the Clone Wars. That's the key. So there's tease number two. Uh, I kind of mentioned this with my Easter egg, but I love the dogfight when the sisters and Ahsoka were getting away. I mean, it was a nice little action scene. Uh, But more importantly, it had that fantastic music motif of the do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Do it with me, people. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do
I did enjoy episode eight more than five, six, and seven. I'm not like some of the trolls out there like, oh, this shit fucking sucked. I hate everybody. I hate the sisters. This is stupid characters. It's a waste. Yada, yada, yada. Whatever. Listen to Filoni. All right. Check out the Clone Wars downloads. Listen to what he has to say. All this stuff is was done by design. They had to uh, kind of rebuild Ahsoka. They had to reformulate her as a character outside of the Jedi Order. And I think a lot of stuff she got into is what's going to help her ultimately become Fulcrum, the rebel version of Ahsoka that we got to meet. Because in the end, that's, that's really what this season's about. It's making Ahsoka and probably Rex... Getting them tied together, uh, reestablishing how strong their bond is to kind of line things up with how they ended up in Rebels. Hey, we got another one in here. H. Green, 1313. All right. Once they can watch everything together. Yes, I agree with you, H. Green. Here, here. You are right. Sometimes us Star Wars fans, not me because I'm a perfect Star Wars fan, but sometimes Star Wars fans, they don't have a lot of patience. I was kind of saying the same thing when it came to this new trilogy, right? First movie comes out, I'm like, hey, this is pretty fucking great. TFA liked it, a little bit like A New Hope, but I like what they were doing. TLJ comes out, I'm like, you know what? I really kind of like this too, but things aren't really jiving from seven to eight. But you know what? I'll just wait until the trilogy's over with nine, see how it all plays out. Well... Then we get Rise of Skywalker, and that one doesn't really connect to eight. It connects more to seven, and it feels like it's trying to tell two movies in one. So by the time we get seven, eight, nine, I'm like, heh, well, yes, I can watch them all now, but it still doesn't play out the way I envisioned back when I heard Disney was taking over the Star Wars license. But neither here nor there. It's still new Star Wars. We got it. Uh, in my opinion, not as bad as the prequels, but definitely not what I was expecting. I was let down by the sequel trilogy. How's that? So far, I have not been let down by the Clone Wars, and I do believe over these final four episodes that it is just going to knock our collective Star Wars socks off. All right, so I, I've been teasing this thing with Maul in Crimson Dawn, and hopefully if you're a good fan, you've already checked out these videos on YouTube, talking to you, Liam, and you, H. Green. Um, but as I talked during the Easter eggs and even the top moment, I really was kind of taken aback by the reveal of Crimson Dawn existing, being already formed during the Clone Wars period. Because like I said earlier, everything about Crimson Dawn up until last week's episode of Clone Wars, if you went on the, the, the Wikipedias, other Star Wars fan wikis, this, that, and the other thing... Crimson Dawn did not exist during the Clone Wars timeline. Crimson Dawn was always uh, written as Maul started it after the Clone Wars. So the fact that in this episode, Maul makes a threat to the Pike saying, hey, listen, if you guys can't get your shit together, Crimson Dawn, not the Shadow Collective, Crimson Dawn will take it over for you. So right there in the Clone Wars, S7E8, new Star Wars canon was established. Crimson Dawn, Darth Maul's crime syndicate that we see him leading in Solo, was formed during the Clone Wars. So, like I said, I'm a Star Wars nerd geek. I like this type of shit. 
when I saw that in the episode, I was like, you know what? I got to make a video to share with other Star Wars nerds and geeks, just in case they're out there searching it and looking for random nonsense like me. So there's your uh, contribution to Star Wars knowledge, education for all of you. If you checked it out, I appreciate it. All right, so Crimson Dawn exists in Clone Wars, ultimately because Darth Maul is a Mac Daddy. Guess what? We got more Clone Wars! Clone Wars! Clone Wars! That's like if Clone Wars was like a Saturday morning cartoon, that would kind of be its theme song. All right, so uh, as I've been saying, we're moving into Episode 9, which is the last four-episode arc of uh, Clone Wars Season 7. This is the, the arc, the Siege of Mandalore arc that Sam Witwer himself has said it is some of the greatest Star Wars storytelling ever. It is the greatest Clone Wars storytelling ever. So uh, I'm excited, but we did get a a trailer, a final TV spot for the Siege of Mandalore. I doubt that. I mean, Disney likes to, to promote shit, so we'll see if this is actually the final TV spot. Um, but it's a good one. Uh, get your feels up a little bit. I won't play for too long because I'm sure it's really messing with my mic. Uh, but but what you're getting here, if, you, if you've watched this, we have this out on StarWarsTime.net. Ah! Go away! Go away! Go away. All right. Sorry about that. It's out on StarWarsTime.net, or uh, I think we threw it up on IG at Star Wars Time Show. Uh, but the trailer just kind of sets up the Siege of Mandalore. In uh, the way I, I, I kind of interpret it from this trailer, Ahsoka is going to be given command of, I think, was this, the 332nd. Rex will be her captain. Uh, I believe Anakin and Obi-Wan will kind of start out with her on Mandalore, but eventually they're going to be called away. You know why they're going to be called away? If you don't, you don't know Star Wars. You want me to tell you? Okay. They're going to be called away because they're the ones that have to rescue Palpatine. Remember? Palpatine gets kidnapped by GG, General Grievous, on Coruscant right before the beginning of Revenge of Sith. Uh, if you're like me and you're a big fan of the Gennady Tarkovsky Clone Wars cartoons, they actually play this out. Uh, back when these were still canon, George actually aired Clone Wars Season 2, I think right before Revenge of the Sith came out, and it played the, it showed how Palpatine was kidnapped, taken from Coruscant, and put up on Grievous's command ship. So, uh, I don't know if we'll get to see that play out in the Clone Wars, but that's why Anakin and Obi-Wan will not be with Ahsoka during the final moments of the Siege of Mandalore, which means Order 66, and ultimately vanquishing Maul from Mandalore itself. Uh, so I'm still going to riff on the idea that, and I don't I think this might have been Nick. Sorry, I got to turn off my air conditioning here. I don't know if Nick brought this up or if I brought this up, but he's thinking because of Order 66. Maul and Ahsoka and possibly Rex will have to work together to escape Mandalore to get rid of, to get away from the clones trying to fucking kill Force users, in particular Ahsoka. So I could see it playing out that way. I could also see Maul just getting his ass kicked and leaving. I could also see the Bad Batch playing a role, in particular being the ones that swoop in at the last moment in their, uh, you know, their, their space shuttle 
and saving Rex and Ahsoka. Like, literally flying down, scooping them up, and getting the fuck out of there, right? You know, because you know Echo's going to want to save his buddy. I don't know. You'd have to think that Bad Batch, maybe they don't have the chips in. We know Rex doesn't have his chip. Uh, but in the end, I think Episode Nine, we will get some Ahsoka and Anakin and the Jedi. Uh, maybe even in 10. But I think by uh, 11, for sure 12, she's going to be on her own. She's going to get that duel with Maul, and some shit's going to go down. So we'll see what happens. You know we're going to see Order 66. You know that's going to play out. Uh, I'm, just, I'm just interested in Nick's theory if her and Maul will somehow have to be like, you know what, let's stop trying to kill each other, and let's get the hell out of here. Because these clones have gone fucking nuts. They're shooting us. Uh, but you're for damn sure it's going to be Ahsoka and Rex, more than likely the Bad Batch, picking them up at the last minute. Like someone's getting ready to pew, and they come in like, ah, and Wrecker jumps out like, oh, oh, and gives someone a pile driver, stuff like that. So keep it tuned. Episode 9, dropping Friday, Disney Plus. You know I'll be here early in the morning on YouTube.com slash Star Wars Time Show. Doing the Easter egg breakdown, the recap and review, and potentially any other helpful videos for my Star Wars buddies. You know what I'm saying? Do you know what I'm saying? All right, so moving on with our topics here, we got another one here. This one's very interesting, and I'll kind of we'll we'll have to see how this plays out. Oh, we got a special visitor here. We got my. My little Jedi buddy, Charlie, you, you've probably heard about her on the show a few times, but uh, due to lockdown, she, she is also locked down, so she kind of migrates up and down, and now she's on the podcast, so if you can see her in the background, say hello, Charlie. No, she's down on the floor, you can't see her. Do you want to say hello? Hello. <laughs> I don't know if you could hear that, but there she is, so... Uh, anyway, so we, we, we picked this up from Star Wars Leaks, where we get a lot of our uh, information we want to talk about on the cast. Uh, but I thought this was pretty interesting. So this came from Reddit. Star Wars Leaks. Duh, I just said that right. Uh, but someone was kind of like data mining in the Star Wars Galaxy's Edge app, and they found some very interesting screenshots that... I don't know, they, they might point to something. They, they might uh, make you think that a character could still be alive at this point in the galaxy. Because I think Galaxy's Edge is set during the Age of Resistance. Um, or it could just be teasing possible events to come in a Rebel sequel. Who knows? Uh, but if you've been checking this, this out, so essentially, this again, this comes from the, I think, the Disney Parks app. When you're in Galaxy's Edge, you know, you can scan shit and and do scavenger hunts, this, that, and the other thing. But someone found this communication, and if you look at this character named Cronest, right? Look at the helmet. Look at the helmet. Are you looking at the helmet? Okay. It looks very much like Sabine Wren's helmet. She's talking to Doc Ondar, who is the kind of the antiquities dealer at Batu Galaxy's Edge. She's asking him about a special type of Imperial Stormtrooper helmet. In particular, one that's not traditional white, yellow on orange. All right, we, we kind of know someone that had a helmet like that. His name rhymes with Smezra, right? 
And Doc replies like, ah, yes, I do have something like that with a strange symbol on the side. It belonged to an old rebel from long ago. Hello, Ezra Bridger, Cronus, Sabine Wren. Hello, what's happening here? Is this for real? Because if it is, it's pretty awesome. If anything, it kind of leads credence to Disney as working towards some sort of Ezra story resolution, right? We, we, you can't leave characters like Thrawn and Ezra in limbo because that's where they're at right now. At the end of Rebel Season 4, you know, they kind of suck themselves out into the unknown regions with those hyperspace whale things, and that was it. All we know is the Rebels win the war, and at the end of that, Ahsoka and Sabine have committed to going to look for Ezra. So this type of stuff would play right into that. Now, in terms of timeline, just because this is in Galaxy's Edge, does it mean it's set during the Age of Resistance, or is it just because it's in Batuu, and Batuu probably existed during the, you know, the Age of Rebellion, or just shortly after, like the Mandalorian time period, when Ahsoka and Sabine could be going to look for Ezra? So, I do think this isn't just throwaway material. I, I, I think there's something to be said in here, right? There, there, hey, guys, yeah, I, I get sidetracked looking at the comments. H. Green, I'm with you, man. I want some 3-3-2 three, 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 clone black series all the way. All the way. And I don't want to have to paint them myself because I suck at doing custom stuff. Uh, but anyways, back to this thing. I, I do think there's some meat to this Cronest thing and Cronest, Sabine being Cronest, who knows? Maybe we'll meet Cronest in the Mandalorian season two. Maybe we'll meet her in season three. Maybe Cronest is uh, Boba Fett reincarnated. But the fact that this is going on in the Galaxy's Edge app, it's interactive, it's part of the universe now, and it really sounds like they're talking about finding Ezra's helmet. I do think there is some smoke or some fire to the smoke of Sabine being this Cronus character and there potentially being a series to capture how her and possibly Ahsoka find our buddy Ezra, who at this point in time probably looks like a hippie. I mean, what, what do you think him and Thrawn have been doing for all this time? I mean, we're, t we're talking years. You guys remember that they get sucked out right before A New Hope, I believe. And then the epilogue of Rebels picks up after the events of Jedi. So we're talking years down the road. I mean, what are Ezra and Thrawn up to? I don't know. Maybe Cronus will find out and tell us. It's all we can hope for. Is anyone having fun yet? Are we all having fun yet? All right. I don't know if I am. Of course I am. It's always more fun to talk to Nick, but we got to do what we got to do sometimes, right? Sometimes people's internet lines get crushed when they buy brand new houses. Sometimes people's construction workers take so many shits in a new home's plumbing, you have to have a plumber the day you move in. That's Nick's life for you right now. All right, my friends, how about we uh, transition over to another topic? I'm not doing great transitions today. I can't help it. just can't get in my flow when I'm not here riffing on Nick. And the whole uh, live stream and things kind of messing with my head a little bit. So hopefully we're... Uh... Oh, okay, so we got the Kayoshi on here. Hopefully I'm not screwing up your name too much. Kayoshi Kiramoto is saying that Galaxy's Edge comics do dip into far back time periods. That, that's kind of what I was thinking. I mean, it's not like Batu just showed up during the Age of Resistance. 
so I know Nick in the article talking about Crow's Nest was like, hey, this puts Sabine during the Age of Resistance. I don't know. Sometimes Nick can be wrong. I'm never wrong. Nick is usually wrong. So just go with me. Uh, but yeah, I'm, wish, I'm with you. I, I, I 100% think that Betu is around during the Age of Rebellion or shortly after like Mandalorian time period. All right, so the next article I want to talk about, uh, Little Miss Daisy, Daisy Ridley, that is, uh, the, the actress that plays Ray. duh. Uh, she's getting bored. She's in lockdown like the rest of us, so she called this Drag Cast Podcast. I don't know who the fuck that is. Hey, Daisy, give us a call right here. Look, give me a call. Star Wars Time Show, we can talk. If you're in quarantine getting bored, we can talk. I love you. But anyways, she finally opened up about some of the uh, fan and critical reaction to the Rise of Skywalker, which at this point, to me, it's like, bleh. You know, it's a blah movie. Uh, I love certain parts of it. Certain parts literally make my eyes roll. I'm telling you, I'm like, what the hell? Like, this is it? This was episode nine? This was the big hurrah? But anyways, I'm not going to get into that. Um, so talking to Dragcast, she was kind of asking, you know, what are you doing in quarantine? She's, she's playing around, trying not to get sick. But she, she kind of talked about some of the reaction to Tross and how it ultimately surprised her a bit. Uh, so she said, It's changed film by film, honestly. Like 98%. It's so amazing. This last film, it was really tricky. January was not that nice. It was weird. I felt like all this love that we'd sort of been shown the first time around, I was like, where's the love gone? Well, Daisy, when you have a trilogy written by three different artists, directors dropping off, main characters literally dying in real life, it's hard to salvage the story first told in TFA where there was so much love for all this new Star Wars and the new characters and the new trilogy. It's tough. You know, you had the episode eight thing, which you yourself, Daisy, have more or less shit on. You even shit on it in the Skywalker documentary. You pretty much said, I don't like how it treated Luke, this, that, and the other thing. Uh, so why do you think fans are a little goofy at this point? Star Wars fans have always been goofy. We're all little nuts. We're all kind of assholes. We're all kind of childish and babies. But things really got nuts with TLJ. So yeah, f- fans are going to be crazy. I'm not sure why this like surprises her. Uh, But then she goes on. She's like, hey, I watched that documentary, The Making of the Skywalker Legacy. It's so filled with love. And I think it's a tricky thing when you're a part of something that is so filled with love and then people don't like it. Yeah, we didn't get to act on it for six months. Of course you guys were having a great time. Of course you probably thought it was going to be awesome. That's until they took all that stuff you guys recorded and condensed it down to two hours and 20 minutes. The last film in a nine-film arc is one of these shorter Star Wars movies. Does not make sense. So as Daisy's saying, when yeah, of course, when you're shooting, everyone's working hard, you're thinking like, this is going to be fucking badass. And it could have. And there's there are parts of that movie that are badass. But there's other shit like, Palpatine, he's back. It's like, what the? F-? You made Oscar Isaacs look like a shit actor, right? With that type of stuff. So... I understand where she's coming from. Making a movie probably was a blast. It probably was hard work too. And you probably thought like, hey, these editors and the, and the filmmaker, they're, they're going to make all this look great. The problem is it, 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 that wasn't allowed to happen. For whatever reason, Tross felt rushed. 
the edit was fast. There's no exposition. It bounces all over the place, and it just never really feels like a complete movie. Um, but anyway, she she goes on to say that like I, I think a lot of this is due to social media, and she's right. Everyone can get out there. Look, I'm doing it right now. I mean, who gives a fuck about my opinion? But I'm sitting here putting it out there on YouTube, Instagram, this, that, and the other thing. So yeah, social media has allowed more of us jerk offs to get out there and start bitching and moaning about stuff we like. Um, but it is what it is, right? So, sorry, Daisy. The movie's good. It's not great. It's okay. You're just gonna have to get used to that. I'm sure you made plenty of money. You're set. It is sad. I'm sad. I'm sad I didn't love it 1,000%. I'm sad that when I watch it now with my little kid and like, Palpatine stuff, Ray Palpatine, when Adam Driver says, Ray Palpatine, it's like, ugh. Like, did anyone read this shit? But anyways, that's Disney's, or Daisy's take on the uh, good old Rise of Skywalker fan backlash. It is sad. I mean, it is just sad. I just, there's sometimes I stay up at night thinking like, Disney, really? How did you mess up this trilogy? Oh, I know, because you decide to give each movie to a different writer. Dumbest decision of all time makes no sense no sense of course jj's gonna want his movie to be this way of course ryan's gonna want his movie to be this way of course colin's gonna want his movie to be this way you can't do that one writer three directors fine three writers three directors no good don't do it if you ever make another live action star wars movie please don't do that disney just let Dave Filoni do it, all right? We good? Capiche? Okay, thank you. All right, so speaking of uh, good Disney Star Wars, that's The Mandalorian, right? We can all agree on that one. The Mandalorian's pretty dope, and hopefully it will actually air this October when it's supposed to, but you never know with this damn virus. It's shutting down productions. Uh, I believe Mando, for the most part, did get filmed like everything got shot, but I don't know how this uh, the quarantine has affected post production. Uh, so I'm hoping for the best. You just never know. You just never know. Uh, but anyways, we got a rumor today, and and rumor in bold here because it comes from that hashtag show, which is like saying it comes from Star Wars time show. Like who the fuck knows if it's real or not? But uh, supposedly they have a source, and the source is telling them that Ming Na Wen's Fennec Shan. Remember, this is the uh, assassin who kind of got punked in episode five of season one. Like she didn't really come off as impressive as you'd expect when you get Ming-Na Wen to play the character. But as we've teased, the fact that her episode at the very end was one, it was the only Mandalorian episode to have kind of a stinger at the end, like an MCU setup shot. And that's when we got that clinkety clank clickety clank is it boba fett who knows but the fact that they showed someone going up to fennec's corpse or maybe not corpse kind of tipped me off that fennec shan wasn't done i didn't think she was going to go out like that i thought she had more to give to the mandalorian so this rumor doesn't surprise me i'm still not going to say it's a done deal but it doesn't surprise me so I would love to see it because I think if we get Fennec Shan back, that means we're going to get some resolution on who the hell that character was. Were they Spurs? Is it Boba Fett? 
Is it going to be Michael Bean's character we talked about? You know, someone from Din's past. Could it be Cad Bane? Who knows? But um, if Fennec Shand comes back, that means we are going to get that reveal. So while this is still rumor status, I, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that Ming-Na Wen returns to Mandalorian Season 2. Uh, it, it'd be great. I mean, think about the character. She's, she's got a relationship with the Mandalorian now. The fact that this mystery character went up to her means a lot. I'm telling you, that, just, that, that wasn't just random. You didn't just have a random dude in spurs and a cape and boots walk up to Fennec's dead or not dead body. That was done for a reason, probably to set up something we're going to see in Season 2. So, a uh, good chance Ming-Na Wen coming back, Fennec Shand back. Is she going to want to get revenge on the Mando, even though he really didn't have anything to do with her death? So... Interesting stuff, but take it as a rumor from now until we get some action from Disney. Uh, this That hashtag show is also saying that we're probably going to see Sand Troopers and Imperial Gunners in Season 2. Sand Troopers, it's like, no shit, Sherlock. Makes sense. Why not? You know, we, we visited, uh, I mean, Navarro was kind of sandy. Black sandy, but sandy. He even went to Tatooine, so yeah, we could definitely see Sand Troopers. The Imperial Gunners, that that's interesting. Like, are these just bozos running around in those helmets where you can't see a fucking thing out of them? Are they like, what are they, target practice? They just, they're, they're the ones, like, they just, uh, Moff Gideon releases them first. They're kind of like the, the shield wall, the living shield wall, if you will. Uh, or maybe we'll get to go to Moff Gideon's base, and these people are manning something like a, a massive turbo laser. Who knows? But that's what we got from The Mandalorian this week from that hashtag show. So we'll see. Could be a, a bunch of bullshit. You never know. You know how people like to make stuff up when they have Star Wars fan sites. We don't do it. Haven't done it yet. I want to every day, but haven't done it yet. You only get legit shit from the Star Wars Time Show. And by shit, I do mean shit. All right, so my friends, we are already here. I know it's sooner than expected, but we made it to the top five. But before we get into honoring all the shots, uh, I do want to go through uh, a couple mentions, a couple things that you may want to get into uh, during quarantine that I've kind of experienced over this past week. We're going to try and give you tips every week if we find something fun to play, to do, to watch, you never know. So before we get into that, I do want to go into some mentions. Always love the mentions, love when you hit us up. Uh, but we got one here from Dallas Hickson. And he came in, he's saying, hey, I listen to your show on Spotify. Every time a new episode comes out, huge fan. Love you, bro. Like this. Love you. Love you. Rock and roll. SWTS for life. There's always time for Star Wars time, and Dallas knows that. Uh, I was wondering if you guys ever heard of Don of the Jedi Into the Void. Okay, yeah, he was asking us about some legend stuff. Uh, I'm going to save this for when Nick returns, because we know Nick's kind of the, the legends, the non-canon expert. Uh, but he, he was talking about some of the stuff that took place in that book and how it may apply to the High Republic era Jedi. Uh, so Dallas, I hate to short you there, buddy. Thanks for reaching out. We will get back to this question next week or whenever Nick returns to the show. Sound good? Uh, because I do want to talk about this in terms of some of the concepts you're talking about, like different types of force powers, this, that, and the other thing. 
and how in that book was it Dawn of the Jedi into the Void, the Jedi were actually using steel swords that I think had some vibro action. So uh, good stuff there. Definitely want to uh, revisit that. Uh, next mention, this is from our buddy over in, I think, Germany, SWTBS Wild Wing. Get some. Uh, he just said, hey, Matt and Nick, thanks for featuring my latest shot. I hope you're well. Best wishes from your buddy, Pat, from Deutschland. Sehr gut, danke, Pat. You got it. And then he goes on to say, BTW, my Insta name is SWTBS, is related to Star Wars The Black Series as well as to Star Wars Time Black Series. Rock and roll, rock and roll. Oh, SWTBS, we love you, buddy. Uh, and he did, yes. Some of the uh, Darkwing stuff in there, the Wildwing in his name, is related to the Wildwing figure from Disneyland and Anaheim. All right? Pretty cool stuff. And then last in terms of the mentions, our buddy, the preacher himself, Cryo Photography, uh, he reached out to thank me, in particular, me, yes, the almighty one at the Star Wars Time Show. He wanted to thank me for my happy recommendation. So last week I recommended checking out Happy on Netflix. He said, I just binged the first season of Happy, thanks to you. My wife is pissed at me because I just ended at 2 a.m. So yeah, it's good. Like if you're, if you're fucked up in the head and like really, really dark shit that's supposed to be it's done in a funny way, but it's still really fucked up. You will not be disappointed in Happy. On Netflix, first two seasons, you can check it out. All right, so other things you can get into during quarantine. Um, you can take a look back at Star Wars Celebration, because that's what I did today. And why? Well, it is the one-year anniversary of Star Wars Celebration 2019, which, you know, I was out there with Nick. It was fun. We had the intern out there. We got to go to most of the panels live, you know, the Tross title, trailer reveal, the Mando panel. Uh, so I got a, my, uh, a reminder popped up on my phone today. Uh, they be like, hey, this time last year, April 14th, you were in Chicago hanging out with other Star Wars fans, having a hell of a time, and now I'm sad uh, because there's a good chance Star Wars Celebration this year is probably going to be canceled. I know it's in August. I think they're kind of holding off, uh, but I wouldn't bake on it happening, man. This virus has fucked shit up. Even that galaxy from far, far away. So, uh, but you know, think about it. It's going on right now. This time last year, if you're a Star Wars fan, if you're at Celebration Chicago, it is the year anniversary. Take some time out of your day and reflect on your fandom. All right. If you got kids, here's a recommendation for you. I've never watched any of the Trolls movies from DreamWorks. Uh, Trolls World Tour is kind of on-demand, this new movies that should be in theater delivered right to your home deal because of the virus. Uh, it's out there now. You can get it for $19.99, 48-hour rental. Uh, so when I saw that, I was like, you know what? Let, let's try the Trolls. So last Friday, I bought Trolls 1, checked it out. It's not bad. It's not bad. Like, if you got a little kid, four or five or under that, and you've been looking for stuff to keep them entertained for an hour or two or something you could watch as a family, Definitely recommend the Trolls franchise. Trolls 1, pretty great. Uh, they're pretty bubbly. If you like singing and dancing, pop music, you'll get into them. There's no doubt about it. And then Trolls World Tour, which is a new one, just came out now. You can't buy it yet, but you can rent it for 48 hours, is pretty excellent as well. You get a lot of music, some good dancing, and they all have good stories in the end. So 
I'm uh, giving my the the Star Wars Time Show stamp of approval to the Trolls franchise. And I even think there's some stuff on Netflix, so maybe you can even uh, extend the Trolls hookup for your little ones if you got them onto Netflix. Uh, another Netflix series that's good for families with little kids. Not too little, but you know, maybe 4 plus, 5 plus. Uh, Raising Dion. I know it's been out there for a while. This is one about the little kid who has superpowers for one reason or the other, and they got to figure out why. He's got to figure out exactly what he can do. Uh, I think we're like four or five episodes in. It's, it's pretty good. And I know they got signed on for a second season, which means Netflix believed in it, got enough viewers, so you're not going to waste your time if you check out Raising Dion Season 1. And then for you gamers out there, I, I mean, I could probably talk for an hour just on this, but Final Fantasy VII Remake dropped last week for the PS4, and I'm telling you right now, right now, if you are a fan of Final Fantasy VII, either the original or even some of the like Advent Children movies that came out many years after it, you need to get this. Final Fantasy VII Remake is everything I could ever ask for in a modern day take on what I consider, in, in, in my mind, the greatest video game of all time, Final Fantasy VII. Why do I say that? Well, when this game came out, I was in high school. I think it was 97, so I was 17. You understand, before PlayStation 1, there was no real cutscenes of any sort. There, Hell, there wasn't even really 3D animations at that point. So when I fired up Final Fantasy VII on the PS1, and I'm playing it, and we get to those battle scenes, and then you get to the first cutscene, and there's music, and there's, there's emotions. I'm starting to feel emotions as a 17-year-old boy. All right, if you're a boy, you know what you feel at 17. All you really feel is what's going on down here and how you can release that sexual tension. But I was getting emotionally worked over from a video game thanks to Final Fantasy VII. In particular, Cloud's relationship with Aerith, Tifa, this, that, and the other thing. And just, just the whole story just blew my mind back in 97. So ever since then... FF7 has, has stuck with me. I mean, it is part of my gaming soul. I've probably played the original all the way through at least eight times. Uh, I've played it on iPads. I've played it on PlayStation 3. I've played it on the... What the hell was the... The PSP! Remember that thing? I even played it on that. So... You know, when I heard the remake was coming out, of course I was jazzed. But then I'm like, oh, they're changing it. They're going to do actual battle. And they're like, eh, yeah, they're going to make it multiple parts. It's not going to be the whole game. Well, guess what? I'm stupid. FF7 Remake, the, the first entry that's out right now is this. Titties times 10. A 10 out of a 10, if you will. I haven't even beaten it yet. And I can tell you right now, if I was still rating video games for entertainmentboo.com, it would be a perfect it's absolutely perfect. They got the music. The visuals are great. The story is so much more expanded now. Uh, I guess FF7 Remake, at least this entry, is only going to tell the story through Midgar. So if you've played FF7, you know Midgar is only about three or four hours in the proper game. But now in the remake, it's going to take upwards of 30 to 40, and then we're going to have to wait for the next game to come out. So I've just been, I've been blown away by Final Fantasy VII Remake. It's... It's perfect. I mean, feels, chills, emotions. 
I want to game again. I mean, I haven't felt like gaming like that for extended sessions, you know, an hour or more in, in years. Uh, so if you've been on the fence, maybe think like, ah, nothing can ever touch my OG Final Fantasy VII. Guess what? This can and I have a feeling when remakes all said and done and we get the full package, it, it's going to trump the original. It's going to be better. It really is. So there are some of your COVID-19 stay-at-home recommendations from the Star Wars Time Show. Now let's go ahead and get into everyone's favorite segment. We know what it is. You know what it is. He knows what it is. The Star Wars Time Show knows what it is. And that is the top five Star Wars fan artist features of the week. Chosen by, not me. They're chosen by at that Nick C on Instagram. So, if you're new to this, you know how to get into it. You've got to tag us. Tag at Star Wars Time Show on Instagram. Even better, use the hashtag Star Wars Time Show. Get us on both ends. That way, we won't miss you. All right, so if you tag us throughout the week, I sit there and I, I gather shots. I go through the feed. I'm like, whoa, that looks good. 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 And I keep them in a folder. And then every morning, I release some shots. I feature them. When that's all done, at the end of the week, Nick then goes through that feed. He looks for the top five and then presents them out here. Uh, H. Green, no problem, brother. Keep it up. Keep tagging Star Wars Time Show. Liam, we're here. It is time for the top five. So let's go ahead and get right into it. Uh, if you're on Instagram, you probably just saw the artists that were chosen. Now we're going to see the shots. So up first, we have a brand new contestant. Someone that I found, you know, this, this comes from Hodges Art on Instagram. So at Hodges Art, well, I guess you can see it now because we're actually doing a live stream and you can see my desktop. It's like you're recording with us. This is essentially what Nick and I do every Tuesday, except we're not doing it live and I don't feel like I have to stare at a camera like this. Usually I'm doing stuff like this, like picking my nose, playing with my pud, tweaking my nipples, eating something, drinking something, who knows, but hey, we're trying it out. So anyways, back to the top five. And I can tell our followers aren't a huge fan of Star Wars art, but I am. I love Star Wars art. That's why we do this stuff. I mean, obviously, the toy photography, that's something I, I fuck with. Uh, but I just, I love anything that Star Wars fans create that looks cool. So that's the idea of the top five. It's fan art, not just toy photography. So we have Hodges art here. And as you can see, he did a fantastic drawing of Sabine. Uh, I, I just, I love the coloring. I love the style he went with. Uh, it, it's not anime, I would say, but it kind of has that feel. Uh, like I said, the, the colors are great. Her pose is great. It, it's just a, it's a very powerful looking Sabine. This is a, I look at this, I'm like, you know what? I'd love to read a comic book with this art in it. All right, so Hodge's art, great job here. I mean, just just great details. I, I can't talk too much about real art. As I've explained on the show, show before, I am art retarded. Uh, I struggle with even drawing straight lines or circles. So whenever I see stuff like this, it, to me, it's like I am looking at a superpower. This is a product of someone with superpowers. Yeah, I do the two toy photography. I don't think it looks that great. I'm not that good. I'm kind of an average toy photography. Yeah. Sometimes I get lucky and, and bang out a really good looking artistic shots. Most of the time, they're like B, C level. But I do 
I really do think anyone with a camera, with practice and whatnot, can start creating art with their camera. This shit, on the other hand, what Hodges is doing here, this is like years of practice, training, and I think you almost have to have the DNA to do it. So uh, I appreciate it. It's got some other great art out there if you go check out the full gallery, which I guess we can do now because, right, you guys can see everything I do. So, um, yeah, good stuff out here. I just, I just really like the style. Here's another one I was considering throwing up there of uh, a, it looks like a Rebels era Ahsoka. So, uh, good shit here from Hodges Art, Tom Hodges. Oh, it looks like he's on a podcast, too. And I bet a lot more people listen to his podcast. So check him out on Instagram, at Hodges Art. Good-looking stuff there. Okay, moving on. Hey, look at this. We're sticking with the art theme here. It looks like Nick kind of had a theme this week. Uh, this is another brand-new artist, the first-time feature here. Uh, this comes from at Chrissy Face. So at C-R-Y-S-S-Y-F-A-C-E. And as you can see, we get a great portrait here of one Asajj Ventress. And uh, this is another one where I was kind of just, I think I found this one in Explore. Um, so, yes, I do prefer if you're tagging and hashtagging Star Wars Time Show. But I like to go out and hunt for new stuff too, right? I want to introduce other toy photographers to each other. Other Star Wars artists to each other. With the end goal, everyone being introduced to me and Nick and the Star Wars Time Show, so you all love us and pat our numbers, and then we have this big family of Star Wars Time Show fans, thousands of thousands, and then we can do awesome stuff, and then people will love us. All right? Yes. I have a hole in my soul. I need to feel like people appreciate this shit. They like what we do. You know, numbers were going up. Early 2020, uh, show numbers were fantastic. They've declined a little bit. Instagram, same thing. I was doing good on at Haywood Pop. Numbers were going up. It was like, oh my God, IG finally loves me again. I'm out of jail. Woohoo! And now I'm right back down the shitter. So yes, I have uh, confidence issues. Uh, I don't think people like me. I don't think people like the Star Wars time show. I don't think people like Haywood Pop. But who gives a shit? This isn't a pity party for me. I knew I would do this. I always do this shit. See what social media does to your psyche? It fucks you up. All right, anyways, back to real art here. So Chrissy Face. This is another one where as soon as I saw it, it was like bing, bang, boom, screen capture going into the share folder. Uh, I just, I love the colors here. I mean, those sabers pop. I like her pose. Uh, it's more of a live-action take on the character versus how she looked in the Clone Wars. Uh, you know, so it's more true to life. You could actually see someone playing this character. Obviously, the badass kind of cross-arm pose is pretty nice as well. Uh, I just love it. I'm, I am a fan of Ventress. Uh, she's someone that actually has a pretty good arc in the Clone Wars. Uh, the whole stuff with the Night Sisters, even with Ahsoka's arc when she gets kicked out of the Jedi, um, she's she's a cool character. She's definitely a, a character from the prequel era that has kind of, I think, lived past what we expected she would. Uh, and, and this fan art right here just goes to show that the people like her. And you even got to like the nice touches back there with some of the Night Sisters. You got Talzine. Uh, it looks like you got an, initi an initiate, Talia maybe. I just don't see uh, Daka. Uh, but good stuff here. So make sure to check out at 
Chrissy face, Chris Chang art, art mercenary. I like it. But as you can see, there's some other uh, really great stuff out here on her page, some good Marvel stuff. Uh, just fantastic. Man, you artists are insane. Like, how, how do people do this stuff? Unbelievable. Oh, look. Ray Park even checked her out. So, awesome stuff here. Check out at Chrissy Face, at C-R-Y-S-S-Y-F-A-C-E on Instagram. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. So, this one right here should instantly stand out. If you are a toy photographer and you're listening and you get into all this stuff, uh, you probably know who, who shot this is without even looking at who shot it is. And that's because of the fantastic setup, the creativity behind the setup, and then obviously the execution of the idea. Uh, so if you're still guessing, this is Plastic Action Jax, a.k.a. a Mac fucking daddy of toy photography i'm telling you like th this guy's so big now he's got damon john uh, doing shit for him i mean he he's promoting stuff for damon damon's promoting jacks it's nuts So like look what this guy did with toy photography in particular i mean he does the baller series but he has some very very awesome star wars stuff too and i i just found this one <laughs> to be fantastic uh he he's kind of doing a take on influencers you know social media influencers that, that's kind of what plastic action is now himself with damon uh but i i just love this concept of, of slave leia out there doing her thing <laughs> posing on the hood of luke's land speeder and then you got you know han her boyfriend taking pictures of her and then you got luke back there doing something creepy as fuck like his face even looks creepy it's like hey luke it's your sister, bro. Like, what are you doing, man? He's getting, like, the back shot. Does Leia need a multi-camera shoot? I don't know, but I, I just, I absolutely love this shot. I mean, it's, it even looks like he wiped out all of Leia's joints because if this is the actual Slave Leia body, um, there there's definitely uh, pretty gnarly figure joints. So it looks like he kind of smoothed those over to really sell her, her pose here. It also looks like he dropped the, uh, looks like Bespin escape Leia head on, uh, to give it a much better sculpt. Uh, I think this is a figure art on that looks like figure arts droids as well. And then these are our black series, but, uh, I, I just, I mean, I love the shit that Jax cooks up. Uh, I mean, it's like mind boggling. It's absolutely mind-boggling. You know, again, I do this stuff. If you know me, I'm at Haywood Pop on, on Instagram. And never would I go into a session thinking like, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of do a take on social media influencers using Princess Leia and her slave bikini, you know, kind of making her pose on the hood of a car, all kind of sexy like and i'll have han with his smartphone taking a picture like i don't like where do you even get little fucking phones like that <laughs> it's unbelievable but that's why guys like plastic action have sixty-eight thousand followers and are featured on marvel live espn nerdist complex gizmodo yahoo entertainment weekly and jacks of course you could put the star wars time show too be proud we love you uh, but I mean, just look at look what this guy does. Look at this stuff. Look, you thought I was lying, right? Look, how this toy photographer used toys to start his own business. This guy is the dude. Here's another Star Wars one he just threw up. 
good looking stuff. I also have this Dio. I can uh, I can assure you my shots don't look this good. Uh, I do wonder what lens he used here. I kind of like that pulled out look, but anyways, that's my two cents on my man at Plastic Action on Instagram. So that is Jax. You will not be disappointed if you follow this guy. Trust me. Up next, uh-oh, look who it is. It's our buddy Greg. I know he got pissed last week and he was boycotting the show, Greg. I mean, come on, take a break. It's not like everyone gets top fives every week, you know? We got to rotate some shit out. But I will tell you, this shot right here is top five worthy. Greg, this is, it, it to me, my favorite shot you've ever done. Uh, I love the idea. I love the setup. I love the execution. So uh, what Greg did here, he's using some of these egg attack figures from Beast Kingdom. I, I like them too. I don't really shoot them anymore because I've moved on from all the chibi looking shit. It's like Funko Pops jacked my head up on the chibi aesthetic. So I'm, I'm sticking more figures and Barbies at this point. Uh, but I just, th this is for the at Sir Dork Jump Trooper Challenge that's going on out there right now. I do have some entries, Jared. I just need to post-process them. But you know how I am with post-processing. I'll probably have them done for when you do the Jump Trooper Challenge next year. Uh, but anyways, uh, I really like what Greg did here for the challenge. And it was to show a trooper jumping. <laughs> so Greg took the old... It just reminds me of like the, the 90s, early 2000s, where all these, these beach communities, tourist communities started jumping on the bungee jumping bandwagon just by using a crane to lift a platform up there so schmoes could jump off. Uh, so I love how Greg kind of built the platform, got the little bungee, and he's got Goldenrod up there to take a pick. Uh, I also really think the, the pose is well done uh, because you get the trooper kind of in mid-bungee jump, He's looking at the camera. Uh, you got a good expression up there on on 3PO. Uh, so it's just it's it's a fun shot. Uh, I think it's Greg's best shot I've seen. This is my opinion. Haywood pop, but I think at that Nick C would agree with me as well. Uh, it's just it's just fun. I mean, it's composed well, cool idea, executed well. Uh, they just they look don't they look like they're having fun? Don't these little fucking guys just look cute, right? I, I want to hold that little guy right now, the trooper, wearing his hat. And his hat's on backwards, I think, because Greg was protesting SWT, but the hat is a Star Wars Time Show hat for Egg Attack, because that's what Greg does. Uh, but I just I want to hold him like a little baby. Like, oh, I feed him a little little Stormtrooper bottle. Look at look how cute he is. Come on. You know he's cute, right? You love it. All right. So this is at Star Wars Black Series 2019. You know him. He's like the show's... Uh, uh, official uh, mascot supporter and at times tire fire burner like he literally wants to burn the show down at times when he doesn't get his way but that's why we love him <laughs> i think it was he was putting stuff out last week in the stories where super scoundrel a fantastic artist is like hey man someone take away that guy's booze <laughs> and uh yeah i don't deny it but greg we love you there's your mention and he even made the top five buddy how do you like that how do you like that for service? So moving on to our, oh no, Nick did do a shot for me. Okay, never mind. I was going to do an honorable mention, but Nick did pick a shot of mine. So I guess I'll go ahead and roll with that. But before we get there, we're going to do the last of Nick's top five. And this is from uh, one of our favorite, one of the first top five uh, featured artists we ever did on the Star Wars Time Show. And that is Mr. At Lego 
underscore star underscore wars underscore tong. Say that a few times. So Lego Star Wars tong out there. And as you can see, it is a brilliant piece of outdoor photography that just so happens to include a kick-ass shot of the Lego Slave One and our buddy Boba Fett. Um, so I think it, it, I think his name's Richard, but this this guy lives somewhere where he can go out and get these just absolutely breathtaking sunsets. Breathtaking. I mean, let, let's go ahead and just pull up his profile here so you can see some other ones right so like i said i mean he, he's got access to this place it's got to be somewhere where he lives but look at the skies and the sunsets you get my god look at that just pure art beauty um so like other artists you know a sith load of lego nose rains plastic actions Black Series, yes, Zay, I'm thinking about featuring again, even though you don't hashtag us. Uh, but it, Lego Star Wars Tongue is just somebody put something out, I'm going to like it. It's going to look great, okay? So I just, I love the shot. I love how serene it looks. I love the reflections. I love saying I love. Uh, but it, it really, I mean, a lot of times, Lego Star Wars Tong, I mean, he's got great positioning of the figures, but it's the the backgrounds, the the nature, the sunsets that he captures, which really amps up and uh, pops his shots. So, absolutely love what he does with Legos here. You gotta, can mute this shit. These assholes keep texting me. You know, it's like they don't know I'm live. Fuck it, I'll do it live. That type of shit. So, uh, this is Lego Star Wars Tongue. Like I said, another account that you will not be disappointed if you give it a follow, especially if you love Lego and Star Wars. Pretty much every shot is something you're going to look at and go, you can do that with Legos? You can make Legos look that good? Yes, you can. If you're like Lego Star Wars Tongue. Get some. Beautiful. I wish I lived here. I wish this was my backyard. Who else would pay for this as their backyard. My backyard, I got some shitty pine needles and fences as a background. I try to make do, but this is just absolutely stunning. So give them a follow at Lego underscore star underscore wars underscore tong. Do it with me. Lego underscore star underscore wars underscore tong. All right. And uh, I didn't think this was going to happen, but he did it. We are on our Haywood Pop Shot Breakdown of the Week. If you've been following along, if you're a loyal listener, which you should be, every other week we do a Haywood Pop Shot Breakdown or an honorable mention that I pick. So we're on a Haywood Pop Shot Breakdown. <laughs> this is the one Nick picked for me. And yet again, it's one that I'm, I'm just not a huge fan of. Um, I guess I was trying to be funny, having... Kylo sit around. Now this is the Last Jedi Kylo Ren Black Series and these are Porg Black Series figures. I'm using some GTP Space Walls as the background, just a like an, a black acrylic shiny thing for the floor. Um, I guess I kind of like the tone in this. The lighting's not too bad. You kind of got that, that, that grayish blue hue to it that we kind of get on the, a Death Star or a First Order Star Destroyer. Uh, the figure's not the best. I mean, this is back before Hasbro was really investing in the digital face paint. Uh, 
whoa, so he's a little wonky looking, but I don't know, not bad. I don't know. I just, I'm not a huge fan of, of my work. It's like I said, Instagram has really fucked my confidence up. You know, early 2020, end of 2019, it was like, holy shit, people are looking at my stuff. I had shots getting, you know, 1,000 likes, and then, you know, come mid-February, it's like, hey, hey, what pop, by the way, you suck. And now my shots get no likes again. So, I don't know. There are times I look at my old work, and, and I'm like, yeah, I, I shouldn't do this anymore. I really shouldn't do this. There is a, there comes a point in time where you have to just say, am I actually good at this am I improving I don't know so I mean this shot it's, it's not horrible uh, the pose I think his head could have been a little bit better in terms of where he was looking maybe he should have been looking down at the porks to kind of sell his disgust uh, but just in the end the shot itself is just kind of odd I mean it was an attempt to make a cute funny shot uh, but it could also come off as just a sloppy setup and that's something I, I need to just keep working on. I mean, for me, my biggest struggle is setup. And that's everything. That's posing the figure, coming up with ideas for a shot, and fleshing out a shot with more than just a figure. Um, I, I definitely am much better at just doing portrait shots, but I also have the desire to get better at scene shots. So instead of sticking at something I know I can do and people seem to like, just take one figure, get a close kind of focus on it and try to capture the essence of the character just from basically the waist up. I don't know. I try. Practice, practice, practice. Unfortunately, I've been practicing for a few years now and it has not quite made perfect or, you know, someone like Jason B. Michael who just started last year and is already putting out top-notch quality content, amazing diorama builds, scene setups, lighting, everything. So, I don't know. I guess I'm a slow learner. It's just always funny that Jason B. Michael, I'll never forget it, he came to me when he first started and asked for tips. I'm like, why? What did he see that I'm not seeing? Because I look at a shot like this and I'm like, this guy's a bozo. So... Uh, there's my shot breakdown. And as we've been teasing, I even have a graphic for it. We are going to put out solicitations asking those of you that would like me, Haywood Pop, to break down one of your own toy shots. Now, obviously, I wouldn't be as big of a dick to you, but I would give you my honest opinion and tell you what I like, what I don't like, what I think could be better, uh, kind of like I did here. Another thing I'm looking at, like th these lights are terrible. Uh, they're too in focus. They should have been blurred out a bit more. Uh, I'm just seeing little issues here, but oh well, I guess it's not that bad. I got 357 likes, and for my account on Instagram, that's pretty good. So that is that, my friends. All right, well, that kind of takes us to the end of this first ever live stream of the Star Wars Time Show. Hopefully, you enjoyed it. I don't know if we'll ever do this again. Uh, I know Nick and I have talked about doing something like this. Now that he's in his own home, we can probably work a little bit more to it. I'm just, I'm not sure if the fans even like it. Who knows? We had a couple join in, <laughs> four concurrent viewers. Yay. Star Wars Time Show is basically DOA, dead on arrival, but it's something to do. I like it. I love Star Wars. I love you people. I love interacting on the socials with those of you that are fans. So keep it up. Because it's that time of the show to do the dance. And now you can see me doing the dance. See, I'm starting to feel it. There's always time. 
for Star Wars time. There's always time for Star Wars time, right? There's always time for Star Wars time. There's always time for Star Wars time. And you know how you know that? Well, you got to go to StarWarsTime.net. And if you already know that, you got to tell someone else you don't know it, right? We're trying to spread the Star Wars time show like the virus. But it's good to do that because it's a Star Wars time show and not something that's going to kill you. It's going to give people enjoyment. Or at least that's what we tell ourselves. So if you already know about StarWarsTime.net, if you already know about the Star Wars time show dance, and if you already know that there's always time for Star Wars time, pass it on to someone who doesn't. It'll be like a gift. It's like a COVID-19 quarantine gift. Be like, hey, you like Star Wars? I like Star Wars. Here's the Star Wars time show. Check it out. StarWarsTime.net. You can subscribe to any platform of your choice, be it Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Pandora, YouTube. Shit, look, we're live on YouTube right now. All you have to do is go to StarWarsTime.net, tell a friend, and then have that friend tell a friend. And if you are a fan and you haven't done so yet, please, on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, whatever, leave a rating or review. If you're on YouTube, thumbs up, comment, share it over and over and over and over. That's the only way to grow stuff like us. We don't grow like mold. We need help. We need to see the light of day. We need people to get the word out. All right. So pump us up. Let's go. Let's do this. Get in on the ground floor of the Star Wars Time Show fan bandwagon. Become a member of the Asshole Pack. I'm still not a huge fan of that name. We'll work on it. Oh, hey, thanks, Lamb. Appreciate the feedback, buddy. I know I can count on you for being a loyal Star Wars Time Show fan. You are not an asshole. You're a good asshole, not the bad type of asshole. All right, my friends, I think you've had enough of me looking at my stupid face, listening to my stupid voice. So I'll leave you with this. StarWarsTime.net. Get subbed up. Share it. Pass it on, please. Leave some feedback. If you're checking out the live stream now, leave some feedback. If you're checking it out later, leave some feedback. Make sure to check out at Star Wars Time Show on Instagram. I'm hoping to get those graphics out for the Ask Us Anything and the fan uh, Star Wars fan art submission to be shit on or to be critiqued by yours truly. So, all right, people. I feel like I'm rambling at this point. For some reason, having a, a, a camera on is fucking me up. I don't know why. I think I flowed all right. It's not like I'm doing a bunch of whom ha's and looking like a goof, like, I don't know what to say. But I still feel like I'm under a microscope and someone is watching me from behind. So if my flow is off a little bit today, I apologize. I'm definitely rambling. It's time to get off. It's time to end this stream. But don't forget, there's always time for Star Wars time. And remember, if you listen to the Star Wars time show, the Force will be with you always. Always.